Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 185 of the podcast. It's the 13th of July, 2019, as I record this intro. And I'm recording the intro early because I'm off to visit Lissy for a few days. I'm excited to see her and hang out. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Talia Barto. Talia and her husband have four kids under the age of 10, and they've never been to school. We dive into her journey to unschooling, what she's found challenging along the way, how much we learn about ourselves and how valuable that is, navigating unschooling days with four young children, collecting adventures, and lots more. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who's chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it's integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring and schooling. And now let's get to my conversation with Talia. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Talia Barto. Hi, Talia. Hi, Pam. I have really enjoyed glimpses into Talia's unschooling days through Facebook and Instagram, and I was thrilled when she agreed to come on the podcast to talk about her de-schooling journey. So to get us started, Talia, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Sure. I just want to say that I'm really happy to be here. I love listening to your podcast, so it feels like an honor to be on it myself. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm Talia. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Mark. We've been married for 12 years. Uh, We have four kids. Um, My husband's the tech guy, the science guy, the can fix anything kind of guy. He grew up not really fitting in well with the school system, so he's always been on board with trying to find a different path. And uh, I was the opposite. I was the straight-A student, the the good girl, um, the never the rule breaker. So this has been an interesting journey for me. Uh, Then my oldest uh, is Haley, but she has chosen to change her name right now. She has specifically said, don't forget to tell everybody my name is Neon right now. So for the past couple of months, that's what she's been going by, Neon. She said that, you know, her name should represent her, and that's what she's chosen so I might call her Haley. I might call her Neon. Same, same person. Same person. She's, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. She's, uh, she's the person who really got us started on this journey. She's my, uh, my artist, my creative one. She loves anime and Pokemon and Minecraft and any sort of role-playing or imaginative games. She's a lot of fun. Keeps me on my toes. Uh, my next is Elijah. He is six. Um, he is my more introverted one, like me. 
and he loves sharks and ocean creatures and Minecraft, and he has the biggest, sweetest heart for animals and other people. And then I have a three, almost four-year-old, Winter, and he is uh, my sensory-seeking kiddo, you know, always on the move, boundless energy, can never stop, slow down. And then I have my baby, Dexter, who is one, and he's, you know, just at that fun stage where he's the happiest thing in the world and everything makes him smile and he dances to music or anything he thinks is music, like the fireworks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he just, okay. so that's us in a nutshell. That's awesome. What a, I love the little glimpse that you shared, a uh, little heart of each of them. That That is wonderful. And... Uh, you know, I could really feel you for the, you know, I was the, you know, straight A student, totally, you know, conventional doing what was expected of me. So it would be really cool to hear a bit about how you discovered unschooling and what your family's journey to unschooling, your move, at least at first, looked like for you. Well, after I had my daughter, I really had no idea that we were going to be doing things differently. At first, I uh, started going to La Leche League, which was a really great introduction to different style of parenting that I had grown up in. There were a lot of attachment parents and stuff, and it was really nice to see those people in real life. They're examples of people who were responding to the children's needs and uh, right away and they just live differently. And I was like, okay, I want that. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to be connected with my kids and I want to be present. And uh, I wanted to live like them. So being the straight A student, I dove into research because that's what I do. If I decide I'm interested in something, I start researching it and read and read and read and study and join groups and ask questions and observe. And I just like full force head on dive in. And so I did that, and I started reading books, uh, Alfie Kahn, Unconditional Parenting. I read Connection Parenting by Pam Leo, which was excellent for me to really give me some tools to how to put in practice all these ideals. And so I saw that, it, you know, it was creating a relationship with my daughter that I really liked. And then as she grew a little bit older – all these people in the Leche League were homeschooling. And I was like, huh, well, I had never thought about homeschooling, but it seems to really fit with what we're doing. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do some research there too. And so I started reading and reading. And as my daughter started to approach preschool age, we had my son, things were really coming, becoming obvious that she was one of the more spirited children, uh, she's super sensitive to lots of things, those things that feel little to some people, felt really big to her, and her clothes had to fit just right, and her food had to be just right, and she could get her feelings hurt, what seemed to be really easy, and everything just felt so big and heavy to her, but at the same time, she had this light, this this natural curiosity, this spark, and she just sought whatever she wanted. She just went after it. And people would ask me, are you doing flashcards with her? Are you doing this? And I would just say, no, she's just, she's just so interested. She just wants to know. She asks questions when we play. And, and I was like, wow, I think if I send her to school, they're not going to understand these sensitivities. They're not going to understand this, this light and these questions. They're going to need her to be like, okay, be quiet. We need to tell you about this now. And that wouldn't have gone 
well for her. She does that wasn't in her nature. There's no way. I was like, I can't, I can't send her here and risk dimming her light. So I dove right back into the research. I started reading more books and I read Joyce Federal's website. I probably read something every single day. I'm like, I have to read something every single day and read and watch. I found Jennifer McGrail's blog, The Path Less Taken, which I loved. And that was like, wow, this isn't just education. This is really lifestyle. And this is what I want. And so there I went. I researched and I researched until I just knew that right from the beginning, this is what we're going to do. And that's what we've always done. Wow. So yeah, you found that before she hit school age. And then you kind of you kind of found unschooling before you started to try and bring in like the homeschooling, the sitting down kind of lessons. So you yes, just, we oh, never yeah. <laughs> we never went down that down the regular homeschooling path at all. I, as soon as I had found that stuff, I was said, this just feels right. It just instinctively felt right. And so right from the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm reading these books. There's no reason not to try it. If it doesn't work for whatever reason, we can go back, we can change our minds, but it feels right. Yeah, no, that's spectacular. Cause I remember, I remember thinking, cause I hadn't heard of homeschooling. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was legal. I thought you had to send your kids to school, right? So I know when my eldest first started, that was my thought. It was, I hope they see that spark, right? Yeah. That's what I wanted to like. It's like if they see the, the kid that I see, that will be awesome for him, you know, yeah. versus, versus, you know, just, just not, I'm not looking at you. I'm just expecting you to fit into that box. So those first few years until I discovered homeschooling, we're all about trying to help the teachers see the spark through the spiritedness, accommodate that as much as they could within the classroom, et cetera. So it was a, a year was super dependent on the teacher. Right? Uh, absolutely. How open yeah. they were to that. So yeah, same thing as uh, soon as I discovered homeschooling, devouring, you know, books and websites and, and everything, finding out it was legal here. And then it's like, okay, like we pulled them out in the middle of school year, March break, because it was, well, look, it, it's not an, a legal, a legal thing that they have to be in school. We can try something else. And like you said, we can try it and see how it goes. Right. Yes. So yeah, that's super. I just knew just from doing activities, you know, we would take her to uh, the children's festival and there'll be like children's yoga and she loved yoga, but she also loved being like, Hey, I know yoga. Here's downward dog. Do you want to see which yoga pose I made up? And she's so excited. And, and they're just like, okay. You know, and I'm like trying to tone her back. I'm like, well, we got to let the teacher teach the class. And I was, yes, no, she's, she's always <laughs> I know stuff. And she didn't. So I'm like, okay, we're going to put you in environments where, where you know stuff is encouraged and we're excited about it right along with you. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So along the way, what did you find maybe to be a little bit um, more challenging as you were de-schooling and figuring out this for yourself? 
Well, the academic stuff was surprisingly easy for me to be right okay with because despite being the good student that always got straight A's and all that stuff, once I have decided to research my needs, once I have asked enough questions and I have observed, once I really commit to something, then I'm in, like 100% all in. It might take me a while to get 100% in, but when I'm in, I'm in. So there's enough research out there about how kids learn best through play, how they really retain knowledge when they're interested in things. And I just really believed that that research was sufficient enough for me to be comfortable knowing that they would learn what they needed to learn as they were interested. I seen it with my eyes. The things that were harder for me was all the lifestyle things around that. I knew that I couldn't be like, yes, you can learn to read on your own, but you can't learn what food makes your body feel good. I knew in my head that it didn't make sense that they could learn one thing and not the other, but putting it into practice beyond theory was a whole new thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I had been the, the, the follower. I'm like, wait, there's all these rules that everybody is, is putting out there. And especially with the attachment parenting community, which had offered me so much benefit, but as the kids got older, it kind of transformed into something else. And it was more control and more rules. And it was, you know, the, the media, the screen time was so strictly limited because it was bad for you. And diet was so strict, which I enjoy a lot of healthier, quote unquote, foods. And the, but the rules, the diets were the same for almost everybody. These healthy diets, you must avoid this. And the toys, oh, toys were bad. Wooden toys only... And so it was really easy for me to automatically want to attach onto that because they were rules. And I was good with rules. Rules is where I shine. But at the same time, I knew that I was trying to get away from these automatic, guaranteed, arbitrary rules and look at her and look at my second child who was there at that time by then. And I was like, okay, I have to question these rules the same way I was questioning the school. And so I'm questioning all of those things. And it was such a big process questioning basically everything that I had known my whole life all at once and throwing out the arbitrary rules and finding out, hey, what actually works for us was a journey and still continues to be a journey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's it's so true. I was just like smiling away here as you were talking because that's completely it. The it's it's amazing all the rules. You have no idea all the rules you're going to question, right? When when oh, you yeah. first start. Okay, well, so she doesn't need to go to school. <laughs> that, that seems so that simple. First thread and that spool keeps unraveling and unraveling and you're like I didn't know there was so much yarn on this spool. I didn't know. <laughs> when did I open? It's so true. But, you know, as I think about it, that kind of straight A-ness, like you were saying, once you know something, you can't unknow it, right? So knowing that there was that illogical piece of we don't need rules, curriculum on the academics, we do need them over here, and they're all just learning. Once that didn't quite fit, you can't help but keep going, right? 
No, I couldn't. I was committed. I already knew I started it. And sometimes I wish that I could just close my eyes back for a little bit, you know, but I'm like, I can't, I'm in too deep now, you know, so we, I would have to do something, read something, ask some question every day. I'm like, no matter how long it takes me a little bit at a time, lots of reading, lots of watching, but I'm getting there because I can't turn back now. <laughs> like, I'm in. Yeah, no, exactly right. And then it is so hard to to not have that framework anymore, right? Of those of those rules and to instead I I think it is a huge deschooling is a huge journey in learning to trust ourselves, right? And in yeah. what yeah. we see and and to say like I see this happening. I see them learning schoolish things. I see them learning about food and what feels good and what doesn't and, you know, sleep and stuff like that. And to trust that that's true. That's real. It's right in front of us. That means something. That means more than, than the, the rules on the outside that just kind of fit for everybody in general, right? Yeah. It does. It's so individual. And I couldn't deny it. It was before my own eyes, you know, sometimes because I'm human and I would be like, oh, maybe I'll take a little bit of that control back. And my daughter who was raised this way and my son, they would just be like, wait, but why? You know, wait, why are you doing that now? Because, you know, you didn't do that before. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, but why? You know, and I'd have to actually ask myself that instead of that default automatic response. But why? You know, we still say that a lot. She still, but why is me a lot? You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, but why? I guess I have to ask myself that. And if there really isn't a reason other than, well, that's what everybody else is doing, or that's what someone told me was good for us. If that's one of my reasons, those aren't good enough. Those aren't scientific. They don't meet my straight A researcher mind anyways. So I still continue to do that. Yeah, no, I love that point because that's so often when when people have challenges and questions and stuff, right? You know, no matter where where they come from, so often um, my first question or one of my very first questions is, well, what do the kids think? Talk to the kids about it because for exactly that reason, because the preparation you have to do to be ready to have a conversation with them about the situation, right? So often as a parent, we think I need to solve this and then I'll, I'll let them know the best way for us to move through whatever this challenge is. Right. But yeah, Yeah. there's that shift. It's that, but why it's that knowing that, Oh, if I'm going to have a conversation with them, I'm going to have to be able to actually explain it. And they are great at learning how to ask those critical questions. They know how to think for themselves. And then they problem solve too. Okay, mom, you don't want me to eat in this room. Uh, You explained your reasons when I asked why. So let's come up with a, my daughter says a compromise. Can we come up with a compromise? Can I bring the food tray in there and have a napkin right next to me so I can wipe my fingers? And I'm like, you know what? That's a really great idea. That meat my but why and you came up with something and we're both happy with it and it and it works and I would have never guessed that that is how it could work but it does and once you've lived it and seen it over and over again you're like I can't deny this anymore so I'm going to continue right down this journey until we're doing it for everything (laughs) yeah no that's spectacular and and it leads nicely into the next question through this whole process one of the biggest surprises for me uh, 
beyond how many threads we were going to start pulling at was how much I learned about myself along the way, right? Because I needed to understand myself to be able to ask, to be able to answer those kinds of but why questions, right? So I needed to understand myself so much more. Like I had, it, it was surprising to me how I got to adulthood thinking, you know, I knew myself and all, <laughs> but I really didn't. There was so much more there. And, and how that learning about myself became so valuable for the family, right? Because I could bring that to our conversations and, and that would encourage them to think to that level as well. So I just was wondering if you found that as well, if that was your kind of experience and how that went for you or is going because oh, yeah. it's always going, isn't it? <laughs> always like forever. I will be here forever. <laughs> yes. I have learned a lot about myself things that I wouldn't have ever questioned before. I thought, okay, I put myself in a box, the same box that I, I was probably put in when I was in school, really. And I've been stuck in this box. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had myself all figured out until I look at my kids and how dynamic they really are. And I realized it's not black and white. I'm dynamic too. I don't, I don't fit in this box. This box is not big enough to contain a person, any person. And I was allowed to step out of the box. And I would have never ever questioned things to the depth that I have without watching them do it. Because when you're watching them figure out with your help, with partnership, what foods feel good and how much sleep feels good and how much time they need after an activity, three days at home or a day at home. When you're watching them figure out this stuff, you're like, wait, but I have those things too. Certain foods make me feel good. And I actually feel better with this sleep. And you know what? I do feel better when I turn down that or that invite. And I'm like, why am I giving that to them, but not giving it to myself? It, it, it was pretty eye-opening for me, especially with my, my oldest. She's my, I always say, you know, she's changed my life, but they all have in their own way, but she's the one who's always took us down first head on. And she's the barrel on through head first type of person. And as she had, all these big things, sensitivities for her going on, especially when she was between probably two and five, they were like at their, at their thickest. And that was when I was for sure saying, there's no way we can send her somewhere else. But at the same time, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm doing. Everything feels so big to her. And I'm like, okay, we took her to a therapist at one point just to see, I need some tools. I need some resources. Every She's feeling really sad very easily. And I don't know how to communicate with her in a way that you know, is needing those needs. And we found out pretty quickly that if we had sent her to school, they would have put her on the IEP track. Does she have this? Does she have this? You know, my husband was the ADHD kid and, you know, they're like, oh, sensory processing disorder and possibly, you know, on the autism spectrum and all these other things going on. And not that any of those were bad enough themselves. I took that information in and I'm like, okay, thanks. I have enough information. Now let's go home. Let me dive right back into that research. Let me read about the out of sync child. Let me read about uh, spirited children. Let me read about sensory stuff. And let me find out what I can do at home and pick all these therapy ideals and bring them to her. And as I learned how to help her and realize, hey, it's okay to switch her cup to the right cup. It's okay to only buy these kind of clothes. It's okay to say, you know what, we actually have to cancel this play date today because she is she's not feeling up to it. And then I learned 
hey, I felt that way as a kid. I still feel that way as an adult. You know, I, I was that kid who was told, hey, you cry way too easy or get over it or tough it up or what is, why are you upset so easy? Why do you do this? And I learned I don't have to tough it out. The same way I switched their cup and changed their clothes, I'm allowed to honor my needs and my interests, which changed our whole life because I restructured things that fit me. And I can put headphones on when things are too loud the same way she can. And I can say, I don't want to eat that because it doesn't feel good. I don't care if it's healthy. I'll eat something else that I like that's healthy. I'm allowed to be who I am. And that's, I'm still discovering who that is because I've been told for years that I didn't know who I was. So I'm like, okay, I have to rediscover myself. Yeah. I mean, we pick up the message that we're wrong and that's what we carried forward. And we just figured out ways to adapt to the way we were supposed to be. Right. Yes. Somebody else knew us. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate to how being with our kids and, and, and supporting their needs all of a sudden opens up that window, almost gives us permission, right, to do it yes. for ourselves. It's like this whole realization that, hey, you know, I'm I'm a person too, <laughs> yes. you know, and that yes. these are okay. It's totally okay. They are. And I'm setting, I feel like I'm trying to set an example that it, this continues into adulthood. You're allowed to change and grow and what feels good now, you know, might not feel good in a few years. And that's okay because you don't have to stay in that box that you were in when you were three or when you were six or when you were nine. Bust out of any box. <laughs> Find out who you are now. It's it's okay. And that's not easy for the rule follower. And the, the obedient person, I just, you know, those that box is, is easy and it's simple, but it also doesn't let you live to your full joy, your, your full, your full happiness. And I've been a lot happier, more tired sometimes, but a lot happier as I've discovered what really makes me thrive. And I learning that I know myself best, just like my kids are learning that they know themselves best. We're learning it together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing I love about unschooling in that, you know, no matter your personal makeup, as an individual, right? You're supported as an individual, no matter your age. And that because we can play around with things and try different things, that's how we can discover what meshes well for us, right? You know, some of those, like you were talking, you know, you um, getting some ideas of changing up the cups, changing up the clothes, whatever, is that now when we're actually listening to our children and listening to ourselves, we're noticing the things that are feeling uncomfortable and and thinking, oh, you know, maybe I want to get a different kind of top or or whatever the headphones that it's totally okay that that through this exploration, we can more naturally find the things that work for us, right? Yes, we can. And it's okay if it didn't work and you try something else. Or if it's okay if it worked last month and it doesn't work this month. Because they change and they grow and we're, I'm, hopefully I'm growing forever because it's what's, you don't want to become stagnant. I don't want them to become stagnant and they're different. You know, my, what meets my oldest needs and what meets my next one's needs. They're not the same thing. They don't have to be the same thing. And it's kind of a juggling act sometimes of making sure everybody has what they need when they're pretty diverse and different. 
but it's a worthwhile juggling act. That's the tired part that I mentioned earlier, you know, (laughs) it's it's worthwhile and they learn how to honor each other's needs in a way that I wouldn't have ever imagined either. Like the other day I I went into the grocery store. We were all going to go, but it was very clear once we got into the grocery the store that the kids were not up to going into the store. And so they had their tablets and my husband was like, Oh, we'll sit in the air conditioning in the van and they can play on their tablets. When I came out, my six year old had been having a pretty tough time. And my husband said he was having a really tough time. So I asked him, just asked him, Hey buddy, what's going on? And he said, well, my tablet died and I was bored and it's getting hot, even though the air's on and I'm just ready to go home. And I, I was like, well, I appreciated you waiting in the van. I picked up some cupcakes while we were in the store because I appreciate how hard it is to wait in the van. And my daughter, who had had her headphones on, she takes them everywhere she goes, she ha- she pulled off. She said, what was bothering him? And I said, his tablet died. And she said, oh, well, I have my extra my extra DS. You can, you can use it in the car. And she's not one that easily shares her things on her own. But she recognized that she struggles when she doesn't have something to keep her busy. And she honored that. And him said, hey, do you want to use this until we get home? And it was just so sweet to see the exchange because her needs are so important and that we try to prioritize them that she wanted to offer the same thing to him, which isn't always the case. But today, that day it was, she heard about cupcakes and she knew we thought about her and she wanted to pass that along, that same thought. Oh, that's, that's a lovely story. And, and, and a wonderful example of, of the whole process, right? Just, just following the flow recognizing somebody's needs, seeing how they can might be able to be met and how the kids sometimes can pitch in depending on where they are in their space. Right. And, and they just, they flow into it all. It's it's really beautiful. And it leads very nicely to the next question, doesn't it? (laughs) Look at that. I like when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, yes. so you mentioned four kids and you shared a great example there. I was um, hoping you might share some tips on the way you guys navigate your unschooling days with four young children. Because, you know, that is something that comes up often in the questions and I get questions about. Uh, so any tips? What what works for you? Like how, how you approach those those days, those moments really, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I would say I'm still still constantly learning. You know, I would Google too, like unschooling multiple children, you know, (laughs) I feel feel like they're right there in the thick of things. But learning to be flexible and adaptable has been something that is not naturally to my nature, but it's something that's offered us a lot of benefit expectations for, for me, I'm the planner, you know, I'm organized. I research it ahead of time. I know every single thing I know this route and I know a backup route and a backup route and I plan it and I expect it and it goes good. But when you have kids, there's only so much planning you can do because they wake up and they didn't sleep good or, uh, they just didn't feel good or their breakfast isn't right. Or they're just having a day where your plans that you just spent a really long time putting together didn't work. Or you get there and they're like, wait, this activity is kind of lame, mom, you know, and you're like, wait, but I planned it and I knew the outcome. I knew how it was going to go because I researched it. So learning that I, my expectations can be relaxed and let go because the most important thing is that we're connected, 
that our day is as peaceful as it can be, which sometimes that's a lot and sometimes it's not going to be a lot, but as it can be by learning to let go of the outcome by saying, okay, my plans are this, but we can switch that to another day. Having people in our lives that understand last minute, hey, we're having an off day. Uh, We can switch this to next week. And they're saying, yeah, okay, because we do the same thing for them. And just knowing that I can't control the outcome, which is mighty schooling, the control stuff, but it has made such a difference in our day when I just know that that I can let that go and we can still have a good day. And it's not a bust because I had to reschedule our plans. And the kids are learning by watching that it's okay, that they can say, honestly, nope, not happening today. And that it's not the end of the world, that plans change, that things adapt, and that that makes our days go a lot smoother for us. Yeah. For for me, I remember that, that little revelation, because I was a big planner. Oh, I still am a big planner. I'm like already in the midst of planning our November trip. <laughs> And it's yeah, I relate. I relate. <laughs> I, I so relate. Yeah, but for, for me, yeah, exactly, right? But for me, what, what changed was the outcome is the plan. Rather the out, yes. rather than the outcome being the execution of the plan. Right? Yes. I, the journey. It's <laughs> exactly yes. like this these are the things in my backpack for the journey and it's just one of the things that's that's a great way to look at it right and that because that that other thing you mentioned the flexibility right that these are the the plans and i don't even at this i don't even like put date days on them as in yeah. you know like this these things will flow together nicely into a day and these things will flow together nicely into a day and it's like when we wake up in the morning what's the weather how are people feeling which of these days do we want to live today you Which know? I would have never imagined that that's where I'm at. I used the phrase, oh, we'll play it by ear the other day to my mom. And my mom was like, I thought I knew you. But then you <laughs> used the play it by ear. And I'm like, I have to. I have to. I'm evolving. You know, I'm evolving. It's not easy, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and like, okay. All right. So, yeah, I don't know what day we're seeing fireworks. I got four different options of days because I have to play it by ear. It's okay. <laughs> not easy but it's okay so we go with the flow and then if we don't go with the flow and the days get messed up and I make a mistake or the kids are tired and grumpy and I I apologize you know learning how to apologize which I do more than I ever thought that I would do I learned has made a difference like okay you know what I really did push on those plans too hard and everyone got grumpy and that was avoidable so apologize learn from it and try to take it to the next time and not repeat the same things they that's a big thing like I don't think a lot of people apologized to me or my siblings and cousins that wasn't a lot we heard from adults you know which is just I guess the time that wasn't something that people talked about, but I think it's really important. And if you have four kids and everything's busy and loud, you're going here and you're getting overwhelmed, you're going to do things sometimes. And then you need to apologize a lot, often, every time. Yeah. Well, because I mean, to me, that helps with the whole um, connection, the trust, building the trust, right? Um, It's not about trying to be a perfect parent, right? It, it, yeah. Just give that dream up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but, 
is stuck in that box there. Just to be so much more open that, that we are individuals with likes, dislikes, and things that go wrong. And, and we're part of that too. And, and seeing like you're, it's a great example. Um, even to your kids that we can do things that when we look back, it's like, huh, you know, I can see how that contributed to the challenges that we ended up with. And I'm sorry about that. And you're, you totally are, you're honest and you're learning from it. And yes, it may happen again and again, a few times till, you know, that lesson sinks deep enough in so that you catch it before you do it. Like yes. I find for me, that's something I just catch it a little quicker and a little quicker and a little, and then eventually I catch it before I do it completely. You know what I mean? It's not yes. an on off switch, right? right? It's not, it's not the simple A and B black and white point. There's so much gray area. And I'm like, my, my brain, my roof over brain was like, man, why is there so much gray area? But there is, and you know, you just go with it. And you accept it because if you fight it and you resist it, then it's just who needs more resistance? Mm -hmm. We know we need more connection and resistance does not breed connection. So we just have to you accept it. Where is that? Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so it's so true. And then and then they see it by example and and they see that it's not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, it's not. It's okay to be wherever you're at, whether that's, you know, at the beginning of your journey or the middle or the end, or if you're in a busy season or if you're in a slow season, learning that they're all a part of the process. I like to be in a busy season. Sometimes it's fun to post pictures on Instagram when you're like, oh, we went to the aquarium and we went to the amusement park. And, but it's also okay to not be in that season. I had my fourth baby, you know, last year and our last year was a lot slower than the years before because that's where we're at and our days are so much people when we accept that that's where we're at and there's nothing wrong with having more days of YouTube and Minecraft and reading books and making Play-Doh versus those aquarium and amusement park days. You know, you accept where you're at and as long as you're partnering and you're keeping the conversations going and you're connecting that all of those seasons are okay. You just honor what season you're in and things flow better and you have to apologize less too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I love, I love that word seasons. I hadn't really thought of it as, as seasons, but how, when you look back and you see the flow and, and you yeah. see, Oh, well, you know, that's why we were a little busier then. That's why we weren't so much then, you know, the seasons around bigger changes, like having a baby yeah. or moving or things like that, you know, the focus and the flow changes um, to adapt really. Right. Yeah. But as you said, when you're keeping the conversations open and everybody knows what's going on, it's not a surprise. You know, and if yeah. if somebody wants a bit more of something, we do what we can to help them figure it out a different way, right? Right. We were in this season where we were already taking kind of slow, and then it was winter time. And winter is always a little slower. You spend we spend more days indoors, and then we had some vehicle issues, so we went down to one vehicle for a few months, and it was like the worst timing with the winter already being there, and my husband needing to take the vehicle to work. So every day, I would ask each kid when they woke up, we'd have our morning cuddles, and I would say, "Is there something you want to do today?" And if they would say, "I really want to play Roblox with you today," or "Can we go ahead and make slime today?" and I would try my best to incorporate and our days, each one, because 
I couldn't take them out of the house when Papa was at home, even if they wanted to, but I still wanted to make their needs a priority. So I would ask, you know, and we would keep that conversation going and we made the boat the best of the situation that we had and we made it through and we had a lot of good days, a lot of good home days. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that, that approach. And I, I've done that. I would do that too a lot with the kids um, when they got up, you know, in that little transition, quiet time, you know, is there anything in particular you want to make sure that we do today or, you know, that kind of stuff. Just be, it's a nice touch point. It shows, you know, you're thinking of them and, and it helps you help them have, have a good day. Right. I mean, even like even five people in a house all day, sometimes there's, you know, some big emotions and feelings and everyone needs their own space. So if you say, you know what, I don't want to do anything today, but mostly I just want to chill away from my brother. And I'll be like, okay, do you want me to set you up in your room with a movie and some popcorn? That's okay. Exactly. I get it. I get it. (laughs) That's totally it. Right. And then, and then as the day starts too, it also helps you um, have things for some of those transition moments, right? Yes. It's like, oh, is now a good time to make this line? Right. Right. You know, it fills your back and we, that's a great time to, uh, for me to play Roblox with you because the baby will be napping and I can totally focus on that. And this is what time approximately we'll do that, you know, and yeah. then they know, and I follow through, which helps them mm-hmm. build that trust that they know, okay, I told mom I wanted to play Roblox, but then we haven't in three weeks, you know, that doesn't happen. I try my best to follow through and then they trust that I will. And so they honor that we're doing the best that we can because we do. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Uh, so recently you did an interview with collectingadventures.com and I really enjoyed reading it. Thank you. <laughs> so I loved, um, she asked you what the passion was that drives you to collect adventures. And you said you had to think about that for a little bit. And after some thinking, you landed on the idea that it was your kids that your joy is multiplied tenfold when you see the adventure through their eyes. And I thought that was such a cool insight because it's almost, you know, it ties back to what we were talking about before, doesn't it? Like this is like a reawakening period for us. It's like, oh, you know, I can pursue fun. I can um, enjoy things. And seeing it through my kids' eyes is what opened the world back up for me, right? Because I was just in that box doing what I was supposed to do. um, And it kind of got rid of those sides and reopened the world. So I thought uh, it would be great if you could talk a little bit about that aspect because I think it's a really big piece of de-schooling. It is. And I, I, I found collecting adventures on Instagram and there's all these amazing pictures, you know, people taking these huge adventures, they're kayaking on this river and they're mountain climbing and they're traveling and I loved them all. But then when they said, Hey, do you want to do an interview from your perspective? I was a little nervous because my perspective is a lot smaller, closer to home adventures. You know, our adventures are like, we went hiking and we see this waterfall on the trail and then we went and got ice cream, you know, or we build a Minecraft world together and you told me all about this animal center you built. And then we wrote a story about it because you asked me to, like my adventures are these close to home things. So I really did have to think about it. I'm like, I do like the word adventure and 
as a young person, I would have never called myself an adventurer. You know, I was really focused, school, research, you know, grades, yeah, yeah. Uh, rule following. So, but now I'm like, I really enjoy adventure, but I didn't know why until they asked. So I thought about it. And I'm like, it is the kids. When they go to the farmer's market and they see a tomato that looks funny and they don't even eat tomatoes, but they're like, mom, this tomato looks funny. And they just have this curiousness about them and it's beautiful. Or we go and we see that waterfall and they're like, take my picture. It's beautiful. It's huge. How fast do you think it's moving? And they just have this zest for life over something that you're like, yeah, I've seen that waterfall 30 times, blah, blah, blah. But they're not. They're like, it's beautiful. And all of a sudden that waterfall is the most beautiful thing that you could have seen that day because it was so amazing to them. And it's like, it opens something inside of you. And you're like, I need more of that. I need to see more of that zest, that curiosity, that love. And so you do more things, whatever things it is that brings it about. It might be the splash pad and running around the water and the sprinklers, or it might be making edible slime together. You know, let's see what candies we can mix in and come up with our own thing. Whatever it is that gets that spark going, silly dance parties. My daughter challenged me to a dance battle the other day, you know, and I look ridiculous, <laughs> but we're laughing and having a good time and making up our own dance moves. And it's like this, this is it. This is what I'm looking for, whether it's out of the house or inside of the house. It's learning how to connect with that playful self again and wherever that is. And I never thought I would have again. I was done. I was past playing. Playing was for children. But they they changed my whole outlook on that. Yeah, no, it is that that curiosity. I love that word zest, zest for life. I mean, just look at your kids, right? You can see it in action. They're just exploring and enjoying. Adventure was a word that we used a lot. You know, like in the morning, what what adventures would you like to get up to today? It was often how we would phrase things and, and talk about things. And and adventure to us didn't mean you had to travel far, right? It yeah. was all those things. It was going to the park and seeing how high the river is because it hasn't rained in a few days or, you know, yes. just little things like that. Adventures could be building a fort in the basement, right? Oh, for sure. and, it doesn't and have thinking. to cost a lot of money and be exotic. Wow. You can find adventure uh, five minutes from home or in your backyard catching lightning bugs. My, my kids love to catch lightning bugs and they think they're building it at home and they put like chopped up bell pepper and grass and they, they put it in its home until it flies away and they are just so excited just like we did some amazing, crazy, wild thing you see pictures of on Instagram. They have the same excitement. It's more like honoring that and being excited with them through everything. Then they can learn that it doesn't have to be extravagant to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. It, and it really is so much of our shift, right? Because they're already doing that. It's already exciting for them. Yes. And it's us realizing that that is an adventure, that the world is cool. You know, jaded is the word that just jumped into my head because we yeah. – so often become so jaded but yeah i've seen that waterfall 50 times you know i've walked this path a hundred times and old. that's yeah. for children it's it's okay there's yeah. not it's exciting anymore that's, that's a kid thing and so what you know being a kid could be fun so why can't it be a, an adult thing too and i'm not i wasn't a very good kid i wasn't getting dirty and playing so i'm like <laughs> 
I guess I get to do it right along with my kids now. And they are showing me how to do it. Like, I'm not showing them. They are showing me. I'm watching them learn. And I'm like, okay, I would do that. That looks fun. You know, my husband's great at it. He's playful. He's the adventurous type, whether or whatever it is. He is the person that is easygoing and laughing and the opposite of me in a lot of ways. So yeah. he's like so good. Let's pull this big bubble and try to jump inside of it. And I'm like, well, you're going to get, you're going to get sticky, you know, <laughs> the bubble's going to land on you. And my kids, you know, my kids are like, then we'll wash it off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we will. Okay. You're so wise. <laughs> I know. It's so true. It's so true. We could talk about that forever. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just, it, it is. It is. And that's a thing, too, when um, when I see that out and about, you know, um, I'm thinking of the word, the difference between being child ish, you know, we don't have to revert. We don't have to turn off our brains to do it, right? That's not it. Right. It's, it's more childlike in that re embracing that curiosity, that zest for life, the zest for this moment. It doesn't matter if we've done it 50 times before. This is the time we're doing it now, right? Yes, and today. I can see people. it in this situation. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's like people automatically have associated child with bad, with, with yeah. immaturity. Yeah. And it's not. That needs to be changed and worked because that is a toxic ideal that's not serving anybody. Play is good. Just like rest is good. They're all good. They all serve a purpose. And it's okay. And I'm talking to myself because I'm bad at it, but I'm learning it and I'm getting better at it. And I have the best people in the world to guide me, four little ones that dive headfirst with the biggest smiles and show me. And I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. So what is your favorite thing about the flow of your unschooling days right now? What's the favorite so thing? I really had to think about this yeah. one because I'm like, I just, I just really love our life. You know, I really love our lifestyle. I love how it's changed. You know, I have kids with four different ages. I've gone through all these different stages and my oldest is always, you know, entering the next stage for the first time. And then I get to look at the next ones and go, Oh, you're going to enter these stages too. You know, if we're going through a hard season, I can go, Oh, we've did this. I know, I know that this, you know, my, my three-year-old, you know, he's so busy and sometimes I'm exhausted. I'm like, you won't always be that, you know? And so it's so fun to watch them and to develop these relationships. I get to spend so much time with them. So we have inside jokes, you know, stuff that's ours because we're spending time together and we're watching shows together and we're playing games together. So we develop this, this connection and this relationship where there's things that are ours or we see something and we're like, Oh wait, doesn't that remind you of this? And it's like our story and it's our thing, or we have our favorite foods that we get to make together. We just develop this level of connection that I knew was possible with adults and friendships. I have a good relationship with my mom now, but I never knew it was possible to have that when the kids were young. I, you know, it wasn't, it's not something you have to wait for. They don't have to get to a certain age and then you go, okay, now we can do that together. You can, you can learn it now. They're amazing people who they are right now. They're amazing. 
and they make great people to do life with. And so it's so fun. It's so fun to have all these special moments that we would be missing out on if they were in school. And I can't imagine living a life where I didn't see them do these things for the first time. It's literally the best thing in the world to to spend time with, with my kids. I love them so much. I never knew that our life could feel this way outside of the box. The box was comforting and this was scary, but this is the best amazing my son says scary but fun when he does something new and I said it is scary sometimes but it's so fun and rewarding and I'm excited to see what happens next wow scary but fun I love that (laughs) that is a beautiful place to stop because that was an amazing summary of of what it can look like right and yes and how capable and real people Young kids are too. Yes. Right? Yes. Real people. They're, they're right now. Right now. Right this instant. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Talia. It was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And you made it so easy. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> and before we go, um, where can people connect with you online? Sure. I blog semi-occasionally. I try to show our unschooling days inside the house and outside of the house at my WordPress blog, which is Crazy Joyful Mama. Uh, and I have a Facebook page where I share lots of stuff under the same name, Crazy Joyful Mama. And or actually, <laughs> it's Our Crazy Joyful Life. Both of those things. Oh, Okay. Our Crazy Joyful Life on WordPress and Facebook. My Instagram is Crazy Joyful Mama because that's me. Uh, And I'm also on Twitter under that, but I'm like never on Twitter. I really don't (laughs) know how to use Twitter. I'm like, this is one day, maybe. I I don't know. This is enough social media for me. Uh, So our Crazy Joyful Life, WordPress, Facebook, and Crazy Joyful Mama. Uh, on Instagram for lots awesome. of And I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes so people can go and find them there as well. Thanks again so much and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said, A quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning, this little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And... I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful too. Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.